Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. In last week's episode, we talked about taking a career break to relax, recharge, and re-energize yourself when you want to get back into the workforce. However, a common thing that happens during career breaks is that they don't want to continue with the same type of role that they were doing prior. They may want to try a different industry or try a new role altogether, but they are not sure how to go about it. They don't know what roles or industries would excite them, but they also know that they do not want to go back to what they were doing prior to their career break. This is why it's so important to conduct informational interviews to help you gather information and insight so you get that career clarity you're looking for in order to know what your next move in your career is going to be. And to help me discuss the topic of informational interviews and how to conduct them effectively, I have invited Sarah Seymour, who is the host of the podcast called What Do People Do All Day, which is inspired by her own struggles to figure out what she wanted to do professionally. Her podcast is a series of informational interviews geared towards helping people figure out what they want to do. In terms of her own journey, Sarah graduated from Yale University in 2018, worked at a law firm for a few years, and will be starting at Vanderbilt University Law School this fall. Now let's get into my discussion with Sarah on how to conduct effective informational interviews to give you career clarity to help you find work that you are passionate about. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Sarah, the reason why I brought you on today is with what's going on right now in terms of people looking for new opportunities as it's still the new year. One of the things that people would default to is applying online via a resume or cover letter and potentially optimizing their LinkedIn profile. That's great if you're looking to stay in the same type of industry and same type of role. When I speak to professionals, when it comes to applying for roles online, if you're in the same industry and same role, then applying online is great. But if you're looking to change industries or even pivot to a different role, then that's where informational interviews are actually more beneficial. Because from what I've heard, recruiters tend to want to interview people that have done the role in a similar capacity. If you want to stand out, then you actually have to like connect with people in the industry to get your foot in the door. With all that being said, I invite you, Sarah, to talk more about informational interviewing and networking, as this could help propel people's job search who are struggling to make that career change. So we talked offline and you said that you've also used informational interviews to get to where you are in your career. So why don't you walk us through your background on how you've done that? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is I when I was in college, sort of like thought that I might want to go to law school, but I wasn't totally sure. And I've used informational interviews in a couple of different ways. So one one way that I used informational interviews was that when I was applying to law firms coming out of college, I was applying to a couple of different law firms and I reached out to people who were, who had previously done the role that I was applying to, who had gone to my college and basically just asked them about the law firm, asked them about the role. That's one way that I've used informational interviews. Another way that I've used informational interviews is to 
there were some careers that I thought that I might be interested in that weren't the law. And I reached out to people, for example, product managers at tech companies, because I thought that might be something that I would be interested in, just to sort of learn more about what that role looked like. And, you know, if I was going to be transitioning from sort of more of a legal background into a product management role, how I might be able to do that. And maybe it makes sense to sort of like back up and talk a little bit about sort of like what informational interviews are. It's really, it's like a conversation with someone where you are seeking to learn about a job, a specific role, a company. Zooming out, you can sort of like try to learn about an industry more generally. And you can also, if you're a student, use it to learn about a program. Or if you're looking to go back into being a student, you can learn about a program that way. Great. In terms of like informational uh, interviews, what is it not? Like people think that an informational interview, there's still the word interview in it. So why don't you help us elaborate in terms of like what is not an informational interview? That's a great point. An informational interview is not a job interview. So really what you're trying to get is information from this person. So you are asking them questions. They are not generally asking you questions. So it's really important for you to go in and be prepared with questions. Know a little bit about the person that you're speaking with. And make sure that you're not asking super basic questions like, what is your role? What is your job title? Like, you should be asking more in-depth questions than that. It also, another thing is you want to be sort of, you want to be mindful of the person's time. So, you know, you want to speak with this person for 30 minutes. You're not asking them like every question that you've ever had. It's not going to be a two hour long conversation. You want to be mindful and respectful of the person's time. I generally try to keep informational interviews to about 30 minutes because most of my informational interviews have been remote. But if you're doing it in person, if you're like going out to coffee with a person, 30 minutes of talking, you don't need to count like the amount of time that you're waiting for your coffee. Yeah, for sure. In terms of like reaching out to the right people, how would someone go about doing that? There are a number of different ways to do it. One way is, you know, just through LinkedIn, if you're looking for a specific person or a specific company, or if you're looking for a specific role, you can look through LinkedIn. That can also help you identify people who maybe went to the same university that you went to. And I think that can be helpful for just easing the conversation. But you don't have to like, you don't have to necessarily know the person in any way or have any connection to the person. It's very reasonable to cold reach out. And you can also just like, if there's a company that you're interested in, a lot of companies will list, you know, their employees and you can go through and sort of find the role that you're interested in and reach out and just say, you know, my name is Sarah. I'm interested in transitioning into this industry. I'd really appreciate it if you take the time to, you know, tell me a little bit more about your role. I do think you have to be a little bit careful, like just using myself as an example, (laughs) it would have been really weird if I had just reached out to a partner at the law firms that I was applying to. That's not where you want to go. You want to be looking more for the people who are in the role that you would be targeting or sort of at that level. I think there are some situations where you could reach out to someone who's farther up the chain, but then you really need to know the person and it it needs to sort of, there needs to be more of a connection than just like, I'd like to learn about the industry. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, like when I, when I coach clients, I always say network in the same level as you and one level above, if you go too high, it might not be beneficial for you. They might not be in the weeds to really give you 
a good idea of what that type of role would be like at their company, right? So I definitely agree with you on that. In terms of like how to reach out to them, we talked about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is definitely a great way to network with professionals that are in your target role or in your target uh, company. So how would you reach out to them in terms of a messaging standpoint? Like what would be like a good message to reach out to them to generate a good response rate? One thing to keep in mind is you want to make your ask clear. And this is sort of true. Like generally with communication, you want to sort of like make sure that's pretty upfront, but you also want to give them a little bit of background. So it's not just a, you know, an ask. You might say something like, hi, Max, I'm reaching out because I see that you have this role at this company. I was wondering if you might be willing to take some time to tell me a little bit about that role as a bit of background. I currently work in this role at this company, but I'm looking to sort of switch career, you know, either like switch companies or, you know, switch roles or switch industries. Ideally, if you if you have the space, I know that like LinkedIn sort of cuts you off with a number of, of characters, but you know, if you have time, if you have space to give some proposed times, that's effective. But you also can just say like, please let me know if you might have time. I'd really appreciate it. What's generally the response rate? Because some professionals, they've talked to me, they said they try networking and they're not getting much response. But then when I asked them how many people you reached out to, it was like four or five. So it wasn't a big number. So with that being said, like, what is your a cadence in terms of like reaching out to people and people not responding, people are responding. Honestly, you get a little bit of a better hit rate if you have some sort of connection to the person. So like if you if you did go to the same school, I think that can help. It, it is a little hit or miss. And I think that it's sort of like applying to jobs in the sense that you have to do a lot more work than you think that you're going to have to do. And you shouldn't get discouraged. I think most people like to talk about themselves. So you're not asking them for a job. You're just trying to get information. You know, some people, some people are sort of like a little more protective on social media, like, like LinkedIn. Some people are not active on LinkedIn. So you shouldn't take it sort of as you doing something wrong if they don't get back to you. You know, I think if you reached out to like 20 people and no one got back to you, maybe start thinking about refining your message a little bit. Great. Usually professionals, they do a very templated message and then they just copy and paste it and reach out to like multiple people with the same message. But you do recommend like tailoring a little bit just to, for example, like the school thing, if you went to the same school, like that's something you could add into the message to connect the dots and align yourself to the person a bit more, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And let's say that you have reached out to these people and they are willing to have a chat with you. You were talking about in terms of like questions to ask that you, you can't, that you shouldn't ask like, a laundry list of questions because you have to respect their time. So what type of questions should you ask them once you get them on the phone or on the Zoom call? You're in the driver's seat with informational interviews. So you want to think about what are, what information genuinely do you most want to get out of this? I think there are a couple of different types of questions that you can ask. You might want to ask a little bit, you know, if you're sort of in the process of applying to something, you might want to ask them, how did they find the role? How did they apply to it? What were they hoping to get out of the role? How did they prepare for their interviews? You, you might not want to ask, like, what were the interview questions? I know, you know, when people have asked me that, I've sort of thought, like, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly <laughs> the interview questions that I got. You can also ask questions about sort of what their day to day is like. Or, you know, if it makes more sense, what is a week like? What are their hours like? You know, how often do they have to work on weekends? You can ask about sort of, you know, what do you like about your job? 
And, you know, on the flip side, I, I try not to say like, what do you not like about your job? Cause I think people can get a little closed off with that, but maybe a more effective way to ask that question is, you know, what is something that someone might not like about your role, even if it doesn't necessarily bother you? Because that way they can sort of like get some distance from the answer. And I think people are a little bit more open when you ask it that way. You can also ask about culture. So if you're sort of trying to get a feel for one company versus another company, you can get a sense of, you know, is it a company where people hang out after work? Is it the kind of company where, you know, everyone's remote and so people aren't, you know, people aren't actually hanging out outside of work or maybe they still are. You can get a sense for sort of how supportive people are. Whatever it is that you're sort of like looking for in terms of culture, you can ask those questions and and try to get a little bit more information. Some questions not to ask. I would say don't ask about salary. Maybe if you like really, really knew the person, but at that point it's almost not an informational interview anymore. And it just, it's the kind of thing where like you can look that up on Glassdoor and it is likely to make the person really uncomfortable and they might not even answer. You don't want to straight up ask for a job. The person is there to give you information. And if you straight up ask for a job, they're unlikely to help you. There are more effective ways to get to (laughs) that result. So as an example, I think one way you can do that is to say, do you know if there are any openings at your company that aren't listed publicly? That might be a way to sort of get them to open up about what potential job opportunities there are. If they say no, you can say like, totally understood. You know, if if you hear about anything, I'd really appreciate it if you kept me in mind. Not that you're asking for a job, you're just asking for them to let you know if there is a job opening. I think there are, are some times where the person will offer to pass your name along, pass your resume along, but you shouldn't be trying to get that to happen. <laughs> you shouldn't ask for that to happen if they volunteer it. Or if they, for example, volunteer to put you in touch with someone else, you can take them up on that offer, but it's not necessarily something that you should be sort of pushing for. I think another avenue of questions, particularly if you are someone who is looking to transition into a new industry or a new role that you are maybe not as sort of typically prepared for, and this is sort of what I was talking about earlier, You can ask the person, you know, you should know a little bit about what their background is, but if it's not immediately clear, you can ask questions like, you know, I understand that typically people coming into this role have this type of background. That's not really the background that I have. Do you know of anyone who maybe entered into this field or entered into this role with maybe a less typical background? And do you have a sense of sort of how they were able to do that? They may be able to tell you, or they may say like, you know, I can't really speak to that, but my friend Jen can speak to that. Let me see if I can put you in touch with her. And then they can check with Jen to see if Jen is interested in talking to you. It's good you, uh, you brought that up. Like, don't ask for a job at the end. Because I've had informational interviews where people at the end will say, oh, can you refer me to a physician type of thing, right? And that, that is like a complete turnoff. Professionals understand that you're reaching out to potentially work at the company. They understand that, but they want that authenticity and curiosity of like, you're actually reaching out to them because you're interested in their story. And then if they want to help out, then let them decide. 
But like, if you just straight up ask them at the end, oh, can you refer me in for position? All the goodwill that you build up in the conversation is, is all gone because then they're like, okay, so yes, I know it's about the job, but that's really the only reason that you reached out to me, right? Well, and I think another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, as you're saying, like you've maybe built up goodwill during the conversation such that they might be willing to pass on your resume. You know, if they're not volunteering that, it very well may be because they actually don't know you. They don't know anything about sort of like how you work. They don't know sort of what kind of employee you're going to be. They actually can't vouch for you necessarily. And so putting them in a position where you've asked them to vouch for you based on one conversation is kind of an uncomfortable place to put them in. And I think an easy way to think about this is if you're in a, if you were in that position, would you vouch for someone that you had one conversation with? Maybe not. Exactly. And from my experience doing informational interviews, when I was looking to change industries, if you have a good conversation with someone, they tend to want to help you out at the end anyway. Like they'll reach out, say, oh, uh, if there's any positions that you're interested in, uh, let me know. If you do have a good conversation with somebody, they tend to volunteer to help out. And obviously, from my experience as well, if I realize that conversation didn't go as well as I would like, uh, they usually don't offer, right? So I, I think it's more about like, if you go in with good intentions and really give off the right approach, give off the good, uh, the right vibe, they tend to want to help you at the end anyway. Yeah. And I think another thing to keep in mind sort of in this vein is even if they don't tell you, you know, say at the end, like, oh, I'll pass on your resume or whatever, it's still so important to be gracious and say thank you verbally and then also to follow up afterwards and like write to them and say thank you. I've definitely seen like, you know, when I was working at the law firm, I part of my role was to work on recruiting. And there were people who had informational interviews, never said to the person like, oh, I'll pass your resume along or anything like that, but then still reached out to the recruiting team and said like, I spoke with so-and-so, you know, they seemed really interested in the position. So trying to continue that goodwill and make sure that you, I mean, aside from just like being polite, being gracious both verbally and then in an email afterwards can still pay off because there might be something going on in the background that you're not aware of. Absolutely. And to touch upon what we said about once the conversation is over or to maintain the goodwill after, another common thing that professionals uh, tend to do is that once they have that one conversation with the person, that's it. Like You never hear from the person again. I I've done informational interviews uh, where I was on the, the side of the company that they wanted to work for. We would have the uh, informational interview and then I never hear from them again after. That tends to be the common thing. It also goes back to the instant gratification where like, if I can't get this person to refer to me, then I'm not going to talk to them again, right? Uh, indirectly without them saying it. What's the right approach in terms of keeping in touch with them after you had your initial conversation? Yeah. So I think that there are a couple sort of natural points for, for keeping in touch with the person. Obviously, like immediately afterwards, not like five seconds afterwards, but like somewhere between 30 minutes and 24 hours after you speak, <laughs> you should follow up with a thank you email. I think, you know, that's a good opportunity to just, you know, say thank you. You know, at, if you've, for example, said, like, please let me know if there are any job openings, it's a time to reiterate that. Down the road, let's say you do, like, you do end up applying to a role because you hadn't applied yet. Letting them know that you've applied and, you know, thanking them again. If you get an interview, reaching out and saying, you know, like, I just wanted to let you know that I got an interview. Thank you again so much for like taking the time to speak with me. Depending on the person's level, they might be willing to, they might offer to like speak to you again. 
if you end up going in a different direction, if you end up sort of like applying to a different job and you end up taking it, reaching out and saying like, I just wanted to let you know that I ended up taking this role at this company. Thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with me. I, you know, speaking with you is really helpful in terms of, you know, thinking about what I wanted to get out of this role. And that's important because you never know when you might end up interacting with a person again. You're going to potentially be looking for another job someday and they may, again, be able to help you. So I think having that touch point where they feel good about the time that they spent speaking with you is is helpful. Even just like anytime you can sort of like give them information that isn't pestering, that is sort of like a natural touch point, it's good to sort of like tell them what you're doing and thank them again for taking the time. Great. And in terms of informational interviewing, there's obviously applying online as well. Usually when you network with people at these companies, there might not be a role open compared to like if you apply online, there is an immediate need. But why would a networking uh, information interview still be effective over applying online in some circumstances? A reason that it can be helpful is that sometimes jobs don't even get posted. And part of the reason that they don't get posted is that they have someone in mind they hire internally. So if you have spoken with someone and this role comes up and they think of you, they reach out to you before they even post the job, you sort of skipped the part where your resume and potentially cover letter are competing with a bunch of other resumes and cover letters because the person has already sort of seen your resume potentially if you like you sent it to them for the informational interview they've had a conversation with you and they liked you enough to follow up with you. And so it, it helps you sort of like skip a step in a way. Great. And I don't really like to ask this question, but like how long does networking take for it to start getting, you start getting rewarded for the labor that you've done? One of the common things that people say is that you should always network before you need it. A lot of professionals tend to network when they need a job, then they start scrambling, right? So what is your game plan or recommendation in terms of how far out should you start networking before you need that job? Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I think my answer is going to be what you're saying, which is that like, you want to be developing those contacts. And let's say that you get into a situation where you're like networking when you need it. And as I was saying earlier, like that touch point where you ended up having the informational interview with this person at this company, and then you end up taking another job at another company, and you write to them and say, thank you, you know, you've sort of developed that and maybe the next time you need a job that's another that it's easier to reconnect at that point so you never really know i think when it's going to pay off i think it also it a little bit depends how you're trying to use it so as i said earlier one of the things that i used informational interviews for if if you're if you haven't sort of like developed this practice over time if you are applying to a job and you reach out to the person you actually don't need much more time. Like if you're just going to be applying to a job online and you want to have the sort of like something extra in your cover letter or something extra in your interview, speaking with someone a week before you send in your cover letter would be fine because then at least you have the information that can, you know, demonstrate interest. You know, you, you care enough that you reached out to someone to have a conversation it also will give you a better sense of the culture and you can sort of figure out the tone of your cover letter. That's not bad because then when your application goes in, you can let them know and maybe that person will then, of their own accord, reach out to the recruiting team and say like, hey, you know, I spoke to Max last week. I understand he applied. Like, I really enjoyed speaking with him. I think he could be a good fit. 
that's a very short time frame. It could be if you actually speak with a person a week before, you might want to start reaching out two, three weeks before. That, that's a good uh, that's a good timeline to provide as well as well. And what are some additional strategies and tips that you can provide for someone looking to utilize informational interviews to get their career into the next chapter? Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the timeline, how long the conversation should take. We've talked about the importance of, of being grateful and, and demonstrating that you're grateful, remembering to sort of keep it conversational and not just straight up ask for a job. You know, the importance of being prepared, you'll get more out of it. If you go into the informational interview with a list of questions and a clear sense of what you're trying to get out of it. I think another thing to keep in mind is, you know, taking informational interviews with a grain of salt. You're talking to one person at this company or in that program. Some people don't like their jobs. (laughs) And like, that might, like, sometimes that's indicative of a larger problem. But sometimes it's actually just that person. Or sometimes someone really loves their job, even though everyone else hates their job. So sort of keep in mind that it's an N of one in any given informational interview and that you shouldn't have that be all end all of your understanding of the company or of the role. Great. I want to end the discussion with one last question for you. So my podcast, as you're aware, is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to take their career to the next level. So what has been one big career challenge that you had to overcome throughout your career? And what did you do to overcome it to get to where you are today? I think, <laughs> honestly, like the, the hardest thing for me career-wise has been deciding what I wanted to do. I think this is sort of like a classic millennial problem. It's like you want to optimize for, like you want the best of the best. And, you know, I thought that I might want to go into the law, but I spent a lot of time being like, is there literally any other profession that I could possibly want to do? (laughs) Honestly, the thing that helped me sort of cross things out was applying to jobs and sort of going through the process of thinking like, is this a job that I actually want to do is like the reason that I don't want to apply for this job, the fact that I actually just don't want to do the job. And similarly, conducting informational interviews. There were informational interviews that I had, for example, uh, thinking about like being a product manager at a tech company, where, you know, it sounds like a very cool career. It's just probably not the right career for me. And so I think, you know, for a lot of people, just trying to figure out what they want to do is really hard. That was really hard for me. And I think that doing informational interviews is a really great way to be like, that sounds interesting, but maybe not for me. Yeah, a lot of people, for example, want to work at these big tech companies. But if you do an informational interview, you might realize that, hey, this is actually not what I want to do, right? But in a way, informational interviews is a way to get behind the brand to see what they really like and see if it is truly a fit for you. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time, Sarah, to discuss informational interviewing and how it could be effective for someone looking to make a career pivot or just get more clarity on where they want to go. You also have a podcast that focuses on informational interviewing. So why don't you tell us more about your podcast as well as any additional details that you want to share if people want to reach out to you to learn more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called What Do People Do All Day? You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Basically, I conduct informational interviews with people three to 10 years out of college. Generally, the, the interviews are geared towards helping college students or those a few years out figure out what they might, might want to do professionally. But 
I actually think that there's a lot of wisdom in there for for people at any stage of their career. And you know, if there if you take a listen to the podcast and you have an idea for another career path that you'd like to hear about, you can reach out to me at what do people do all day 2022 at gmail.com. Again, I appreciate the time, Sarah, and best wishes for the rest of the year. Thank you, you too. Thank you again to Sarah for coming on my show to discuss informational interviews, how to conduct them effectively to give you career clarity to find work that you're passionate about. If you want to hear my own thoughts and insights based on this topic, then make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, if you're a professional that is looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post content to help accelerate your career, whether it's providing you with job search tips or general career advice to help you with career advancement. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. Again, this is Chan with the Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.